You are with Sigourney Weaver aboard the spaceship Nostromo. Something has gone wrong. Yes, sir. Uh, may I help you? Uh, I'd like two of those, please. Hot dogs? Yes, sir. Hi, Captain. Hi, Archie. Nice to see you, Mickey. Boy, you've really earned your ears. <laughs> w. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 449, and I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday, special events, trivia books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So this week, I want to invite you to join in and test your knowledge of Walt Disney World trivia as I invite a listener on the show to play Walt Disney World Fact or Fiction. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, and announcements. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. So I have said since show number one that I really want you, the listener, to be part of the show as much as possible. Not necessarily just as a passive listener, but when I do a review or if I'm talking to someone, I want you to feel as though you're there, but I really wanted you to do more than that. So I've invited you to write in and call in and and come to Meet to the Month in Walt Disney World and, and on the road. And as a result of that, it's been such an amazing journey, hopefully for you, but really for me, because so many people that I've met have started out as, as listeners, uh, sort of became regulars, and in, in time, and you know, as a nice benefit to me, have become really good friends. But for a lot of people that, that love Disney and, and like the show, coming on and maybe researching and talking about a full segment might not be in their very comfortable wheelhouse. And you know, I do the weekly trivia contest. I love doing uh, contests on the show, not just as a way for me to share fun facts or history with you, but I want a chance for you to play and, and win prizes and really challenge yourself to see what you remember or what to look for on upcoming visits. And this week, I want to go back to a segment that I revisited, gosh, maybe a year ago, that I really started very early on when WWE Radio was just beginning. Uh, It's been a long time since I've done it. I've got to keep doing this more uh, because instead of me bringing on uh, a guest or an expert or an imaginary author, I want to give you, the listener, a chance to participate. And that's why I created, and that's why this week, we are back once again for listener fact or fiction. Insert, you know, game show music here. Uh, I have randomly selected one member of the WW Radio Nation, and I am so grateful to and for all of you who are part of the Nation family. If you want to find out more, you can visit www.radionation.com. And I invited them to put their sort of names in in a hat, and uh, I would randomly pick and call one of them to come on to play. So I am super excited to welcome back Factor Fiction and... 
not just a member of the nation, but a longtime friend and listener all the way, I still believe, from the great white north, you are Nancy. And I'm going to pronounce your name right, Turingia. Close. Close enough? Close. How is yep, it? close enough. <laughs> Turingia. Sort of oh. like ninja. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Turingia rhymes with ninja. I dig it. Uh, and thank you so much, first of all, for not just listening to the show, but being part of the nation and for all the the love and the support and the friendship uh, that you have given me through the years i i know that we've met a number of times um when i was in toronto a couple of years ago you were there right yep yep in 2013 and is that where you live you live in toronto um i'm about 40 kilometers west i don't know what that is in miles but um, <laughs> Burlington, so it's one of the suburbs of toronto i'll have to ask siri what that uh, <laughs> translates to but I, I was so grateful that you and so many people came out there and then we saw each other just like a few months ago right at um port orleans, uh, it was Riverside. Port orleans. yep that's right in august yeah we um sort of the we were in the um we were at the food court area, right? And it was packed. You really know how to draw a crowd, Lou. No, no, no. They were there to see you. Well, but listen, <laughs> I, I think, you know, and, and that's the, the point of the meets is not for people to come and meet me. It's for us all to come together and meet each other and because we share, um, you know, I think so much in common, even maybe beyond uh, the love of Disney. So I, I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So we know that you are from Toronto. And what do you do up there in real life? Other than try and stay warm and eat poutine? <laughs> yeah, so I love poutine. Um, I'm actually a French teacher. So I spend my day with 26 grade five and six students. Um, I teach half of my day in French and half of my day in English. Um, by night, I am wife and mother to twin 10-year-old boys. And I'm known in my school as the Disney one because <laughs> it's, you know, I'm wearing a Disney shirt every day. And I've actually had students come up to me when I'm not wearing a Disney shirt and ask if I'm okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a Disney shirt on today. Are you sure you're okay? She must be in a bad mood today. Don't bother yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, like I said, I teach, um, I've taught adult cl classes as well to teachers who are learning how to become teachers. Um, we travel mostly to Disney when we do travel, but because we're teachers, we travel March break, summer and Christmas. So we travel peak season all the time. Um, but it's, it's what we do because my husband's a teacher as well. So, wow. I, I will tell you, I have such respect and admiration for teachers, um, especially if for teachers that have children at home, so, you know, you're teaching during the day and you're going home and being a, a teacher as well. And I think, yeah. um, you know, oftentimes you are you are so um, underappreciated um, by by students and by parents. And uh, you, you guys, I think, have the most important job in the world. Well, and it's a fun job, too. Still? Absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Disney obsession then. What is your favorite attraction in Walt Disney World? Oh, Wedway. Oh, so Wedway. the the love quotient just went up exponentially. <laughs> if I could say it in French, I would. The fact that you called it Wedway and you went to Wedway. Nancy, oh, yeah. we just we just had a bonding moment. Absolutely. And what's not to love about the Wedway? Because it really, you know, it literally and figuratively lifts you up, right? You're just there going over Tomorrowland, getting a taste of every attraction and, and you know, what am I going to do next and do a little bit of people watching and some great peace and quiet and some breeze and a view of the castle. It's it's my favorite. Wow. 
I dig it. All right, this is this could be the make or break question in our relationship right here. What is your favorite restaurant or place or thing to eat in Walt Disney World? Oh well, that was a lot of questions there. So <laughs> after- the former attorney and me coming out like you just you, you know mix like three. It could be any of the above: uh, okay. a restaurant, uh, item, or or location. Okay, so after you and um, Big Fat Panda did the live review of the Brown Derby Lounge, I had to go. So we went and we loved it there. Haven't been back since, but we have been there once. Um, uh, Now, a sad part of my world is that I can't eat gluten, so it does sort of rule out a lot of the the cupcakes and the school bread and things like that. Um, But I'd have to say Narcoosie's because we went there for our 10th wedding anniversary and I had the most amazing gluten-free seafood pasta ever. I, I even said to Marty, you know what? If it weren't such a beautiful restaurant, I'd probably lick the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually think it's really welcome and encouraged to, at, at Disney to lick the bowl. <laughs> Maybe and not I, in our <laughs> And I love the fact that you said that, you know, because just as a quick aside, you know, we talk about special needs and dietary requirements. And mm-hmm. oftentimes you hear about people having to select a gluten-free item and sort of suffer through it, especially in theme parks. Yep. And the fact that you say it's one of your favorite meals. And, and I hear this a lot from people that, not are just the offerings much more plentiful now and 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 mm-hmm. varied, but are actually really delicious too. Oh, amazing! Absolutely amazing. Yep. Nice. I dig it. So, <laughs> when um, when did you first start listening to the show? If you can remember. Well, our boys were born in 2005, and our first trip was summer of 2009. So I stumbled upon your podcast in about 2008. So it's been a while. Wow. I I, uh, I really, really do appreciate it. And I also know that you have been a member of the WWE Nation really like since the very beginning, right? Like the in first January. Night. First yep. Wow. You're like a day one. Yep. In oh. the box. I've got to get you like a special card or <laughs> lanyard or tie or yeah, something. There were lots of people that night just showing you the love. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I really, I sincerely, sincerely do uh, appreciate it. So, all right. Last couple of questions before we get going is, um, are you nervous? Absolutely. Good. You should be. No, come on. <laughs> and like, are you ready? Like, did you prepare at all for this? Because we, I really only gave you, you know, just not even a couple of days notice. Yeah, it's been a few days, but you know what? As I said to someone who asked me that same question, how are you preparing? You know what, Lou? I've been preparing for this my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) So my first trip to Disney, I was three years old. It was 1978, um, and I was very lucky that um, my parents took my sister and me to Disney. They were teachers like my husband and I are, so we went March break, summer, Christmas almost every year. Um, So I've been many, many times, so I have been preparing for this since 1978. Wow. That's a lot of pressure on you and on me. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) I think I'm more nervous than you now. We'll we'll see how I do. We'll see. All right, so this is how we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to ask you 20-ish questions and they are simply fact or fiction you don't need to add any details although if you want to feel free Uh, all you need to do is tell me fact or fiction okay all right and uh, i will try and remember to keep score not that it matters so (laughs) all right question number one it's a small world was originally sponsored in walt disney world by coca-cola That's a tough one. That one, I, 
You know what? I think I'm going to go with fact for that one. You said fiction. Excellent. Could you see that? You're one for one. Congratulations. I should have. You know what, Lou? That was not fair. I, I gave you a tricky question right uh, off the bat. It's actually fiction. So okay. quickly going back. Uh, obviously, you know that uh, Small World was created for the World's Fair in 64 for the UNICEF Pavilion. And it was right. sponsored by Pepsi at that time. And and mm-hmm. over time, it had a lot of sponsors like um, Sylvania and Bank of America uh, once it moved over to California. So in October of 71, when Walt Disney World opened, they had their own version of the attraction here. And Mattel, the toy company, actually sponsored it here from opening day until about 1998. Then they, uh, yeah, they sponsored Buzz Lightyear for a few years. And now um, they no longer have, I don't believe, any sponsorship at all huh. in Walt Disney World. And that's one that I completely missed. <laughs> that's okay. That's, you, wait, you missed... <laughs> You missed. I missed the sponsorship. That's what I missed. That's all right. That's okay. Listen, that was the warm-up question. Like that one okay. doesn't even count. That's just like this. That's like you know. This is like batting practice. Okay. This is the real question. This is the real first one. All right. Fact or fiction? Science fiction writer Ray Bradbury actually helped with the concept of Spaceship Earth. I'm gonna go with fiction. So I know you're. Are you speaking Canadian? Because I think your your fiction sounds a lot like fact, and that's why I think I got confused on the first two. Well, you know, you've got a 50-50 chance with each of these questions, Lou, and multiple choice questions are not my forte. So, you know, just wait, Nancy. Just wait till wait till we get to the essay portion. Like then you're really gonna be in trouble. Then I'll do well. Okay. So this is actually a fact, believe it or not. And uh, Ray Bradbury obviously was a science fiction writer in in books and movies and plays and and TV shows. And he actually had some influence on the Disney theme parks. He actually had a friendship with Walt Disney. They literally, according to story, they literally ran into each other on the street in Beverly Hills one day. And they shared a lot of similar interests, um, not just in the past, but really in the future and utopianism. So there was a sort of a natural connection between the two. For sure. And and they talked about uh, their their love and visits to to World's Fair and things like that. And he actually had a hand, sort of in an unofficial kind of way, in attractions like Spaceship Earth. He sort of consulted with Disney and talked about this idea of what this model of Epcot was going to be in Florida. And then as it changed into the World's Fair-type exhibit, um, and they had the the Spaceship Earth Dome inspired by Buckminster Fuller, he helped actually design and script the attraction. Wow. That's fantastic. No, I had no idea, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But now you're warmed up. Like, now you're feeling it, right? Okay, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so those two didn't count. Like, that's those. this is the one that really counts first. Okay. (laughs) In the Magic Kingdom, the Sharing the Magic statue depicts Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse and can be found in the Magic Kingdom hub. Sharing the Magic depicts Walt and Mickey and can be found in the Magic Kingdom hub. That is fiction. I think it's, is it not called Partners? Yes. 
Play the game show winner music. <laughs> Confetti is flying all over the place here in the home studio. Uh, you are right. Uh, the Sharing the Magic statue is actually located in Town Square, uh, sort of located where Roy Disney stood when he dedicated the park in October of 1971. Um, <laughs> This was installed back in 1999, the work of Blaine Gibson, who was the, the master sculptor who did all the busts in the Haunted Mansion, uh, in, all the, in Hall of Presidents, so many right. of the heads in Haunted Mansion and pirates and throughout. And we actually talked about this on a show, which I'll try to remember to link in the show notes, because it's everything that you see, not just in the partner statue, but in the Sharing the Magic statue, is incredibly deliberate. So mm-hmm. how he posed Roy and what sort of the photos that he based it on, um, you know, the, the Minnie's decision to, to sit next to him, making Roy very, very approachable, how he even held his hand out and how he and Minnie are sort of sharing, um, you know, the sort of the, their, their, the location uh, of their hands in the statue. And there's actually a duplicate of this statue at the Team Disney building in Burbank, California. Oh, oh I did not know that. And I, I'm almost sure... Like ninety three point seven percent sure that there's also one in Tokyo Disneyland. Excellent. So there you go. All right. So you are you're you're three for three in my book. <laughs> for sure. Maybe I should teach you some math. <laughs> Clearly, I did not excel in math. All right. So let's stay in Magic Kingdom. Let's you know. Okay. Let's stay exactly where we are because okay. if you're standing on Main Street USA in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, and you are facing Cinderella Castle. You are facing north. Yep. Back? Um, hang on. Well, <laughs> let me think about that. Are you actually facing north? That would make sense. So I'm going to go with fact. Done. Yes. Yahtzee. Okay. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four for four. Because <laughs> that would make sense so that you could more easily orient yourself to the rest of the park. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I didn't even cheat by getting out one of my park maps. <laughs> or by I imagined you looking Google. around your room trying to find a map or Google Maps or you were stalling for time <laughs> asking Jeeves or something. So. No, I was actually thinking. <laughs> All right. Question number five. You are batting a thousand, which in Canadian is like 774. Um, <laughs> Eleanor Audley uh, voiced Madame Leota in arguably my one of my favorite attractions in Walt Disney World, the Haunted Mansion. Uh, mm-hmm. You love the mansion as well. Oh, yeah. Fact or fiction, she also voiced the animated character of Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty. I'm going to go with fact on that one. Yahtzee, you are uh, you are killing it tonight. And she was also the voice of Lady Tremaine. I hadn't Cinderella. heard that one, but I, I knew that she had voiced someone else, and so that's why I went with fact. Wasn't a hundred percent sure that that was the one, but yeah. And there's also enough, um, yes. there has also I, I've heard some people say, oh, isn't she's also the face of um, of, of Madame Leota too? And that's actually fiction. She's actually the 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 face was actually one of the Imagineers named. Ironically enough, Leota Tombs. No. Oh. <laughs> Spelled a little differently, but T-O-O-M-B-S. All right, so you are five for five, according to my somewhat <laughs> awkward scoreboard. Uh, Factor fiction number six, Daisy's Garden can be found at Fantasia Gardens Mini Golf. I have not been there in a few years. It's a great course, by the way, if, you're, if you really enjoy mini putt. It's so hard. So difficult. Uh, 
it, it is, but it's still lots of fun. Daisy's Garden. I'm going to go with fiction. Nice. Very well done. Daisy's Garden is actually a shop, a gift shop located in the Walt Disney World Dolphin Hotel, just steps away from Blue Zoo, which I hope that you say you have been to before. I have not, but it's on our list. Aye. Next time you come down, make sure you go or I will take you myself. Okay. <laughs> it's on our list for our next trip. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to Magic Kingdom again because it is my favorite park. Mm-hmm. Prince Charming Regal Carousel was first installed in New Jersey in 1917. Fact or fiction? I believe that's fiction because I don't think it's the whole carousel, but I think it's some of the horses were from New Jersey and were brought in. Your answer is right. How you got there doesn't matter because it is fiction. Uh, <laughs> it actually was built by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company uh, in 1970. In 1917, it was originally located in Detroit, Michigan, and then moved to Maplewood, New Jersey, not far from where I lived, um, and then moved eventually to Magic Kingdom. Hmm. And it's known as a Liberty Carousel. And if you look very closely, you can see a lot of um, uh, sort of very patriotic symbols and on the horses and, and flags and Lady Liberty throughout it. And I think we actually did a show on this. We did an entire show on the carousel three, four years ago. I'll have to try and remember to link it up in the show notes. Yeah, I don't remember listening to that one, but... If anyone hasn't been on the carousel because they think it's for kids, it's not for kids. You got to go. You got to go. And like you said, look at all those details. So what is that you love about the carousel? That was one of the first rides our boys went on on their very first trip. So when we went, we had them in mind. They were four and a half. um, And really, they the trip revolved around them and what they wanted to do. And it was the first time that I had been in the parks as a mom and seen, um, seen the parks through the eyes of, of a child and to have them be our children. It was, it was a very, very special trip. Very, very different. Um, so the carousel and Dumbo and Peter Pan were obviously those go-to rides for us with, with kids of that age. And it's, just amazing and you sort of forget about yourself and you forget about you know well, I want to go do this I want to go do that and, and you think about what they want and what they want to do so that you know you're building those memories with them and it's just an incredible trip we still talk about it so I, I love that a lot because it's not just the attraction itself that you love it's the story that surrounds it. it's the memory that you have and I think that is so much of the reason why we all yeah. love you know we like the attractions but we love the, the memories and the stories that we associate with them. Mm-hmm. And when we go back, which we've done many times since then, it's remember when and remember when Adam was the only one on Dumbo and remember when, you know, David sat at the front of Splash Mountain and remember when it, it is all about the memories. And that's why they keep want to keep going back and keep going on those attractions again. Absolutely. Excellent. You are killing. You are totally hitting your rhythm. So I love it. (laughs) Speaking of rhythm, that is the worst segue ever, but you'll understand why. Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, was originally supposed to feature music not by Aerosmith, but by the Rolling Stones, fact or fiction. Rolling Stones. Uh, They had one or two hits, like just a few. (laughs) Just just a few, you know, they're pretty Have popular. they made it to Canada yet? Have they sort of 
<laughs> oh yes, yes, they've been here a couple of times. You know, they they venture north. They you know rent a dog sled. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not sure what to do with this one. I'm gonna go with fiction. It actually is fact. Oh. Uh, the Disney actually wanted the Rolling Stones to provide the the music and sort of the the storyline for Rock and Roller Coaster, but mm-hmm. they wanted a little bit too much cash. So instead, uh. they made a deal with Aerosmith to use their music on and in and outside of the attraction. And it's funny. Could you now that you've seen Rock and Roller for so many years associated with Steven Tyler, can you imagine? seeing that attraction connected to the Rolling Stones. Right. I mean, you, you because we're so used to it and it's just so much a part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this. If, if Steven Tyler tomorrow was like, hey man, I've had it, contract's over, peace out. And they said, Nancy, you've got to find us another band so it's got to be Rock and Roller Coaster starring X. Who would it be? Foo Fighters. Wow. You didn't even like, you didn't even blink on that one. No. No, because there's something about that attraction. Now, I have done it. I I can't do it anymore because I'm getting old and my body can't handle it. But there's something about that attraction that's just really intense, the whole experience. And and even just thinking about all the things that you see as you're going on that roller coaster and the music that's coming at you, it really has to tie in together. So I'd have to go with the Foo Fighters just because the way of – that their their songs really do take you on a journey and they're still, you know, just as intense as, you know, as Steven Tyler's voice. Um, so, yeah, I think they'd be a great match if ever Aerosmith was to say, we're done. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I like it. I like the fact that you knew exactly where you were going. If you would ask me, I'd have to think about it and I probably would have chosen a band from the 80s because that's all... <laughs> I listen to is like 80s music and Disney music. I have a very small ra- I know the name Dave Grohl, but if I ran him over in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, I would, wouldn't even know it. So <laughs> so you'd rather have, you know, the Go-Go's or Bananarama or oh something. Oh my like gosh, that, you went right? to Bananarama. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number nine, I believe it, is the largest pavilion at Epcot is the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Are we talking all the pavilions, including World Showcase? I'm sorry. I've spoken with Chuck Woolery, and I cannot elaborate on that. The, the <laughs> what, What's your question again? So are we talking about all of the pavilions, including World, World Showcase? So we're talking pavilions in Future World and in World Showcase? Yes. I think that's fiction. You... Are correct yet once again. Because I think it's the American Pavilion, is it not? That's the largest? It's actually the land. Oh, okay. Because if you think about all the greenhouses in the right. back that you go through, it actually covers six acres, including the greenhouses, and there's the labs that you can see into sort of on, right. the, on the backside. So On the behind-the-seeds tour? Ex- exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. which my kids are jonesing to do. They were actually asking me uh, last weekend if they can go do the behind-the-seeds tour. So I need They'll to love it. Our guys loved it. We had a fantastic time. I need to break it to them that they can't actually walk through the greenhouse and start picking fruits off and eating it because they think like their father does. They see food. They under- they just believe that they can eat everything in sight, and that's not how but it they, works. But you do get a snack on that tour. <gasps> you do? You get one slice of cucumber. 
Oh, that's now that's just being mean, right? Because you say snack, I think you get a bag of Doritos, like family no. size, and you get one cucumber. One slice of cucumber. You can't even like put anything on it, like no. Nope. <laughs> So yes, have a snack first. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, we are on uh, question number 10, and we are going to stay in said Epcot Center. This time we are going to move over to World Showcase because, Nancy, fact or fiction, the name of the ship docked outside the American Adventure Pavilion is the Eagle. Fact or fiction? I've never stopped to look oh. or ask. And that's that's part of the trick in the question is that a lot of people don't even realize that there is a ship docked outside on the on the lagoon. I'll go with fact. I'm sorry, did you say fiction? <laughs> I, I could have I was too busy eating my cucumber. I couldn't hear what you said. Your one cucumber slice. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is fiction. The name of the ship is actually Golden Dream, which you know is also the name of the song on the inside. Exactly. The song that you hear in the attraction itself. I I almost, Nancy, I almost let my guard down enough to start singing America Golden. I fortunately, uh, cooler heads prevailed. The... uh, (laughs) So, yeah, if you look in the water behind the amphitheater um, is a sort of a colonial looking ship called the Golden Dream. It was built in 1993 by Deering Design, and it's a recreation of a Virginia sloop sort of from the late 18th century. Um, They actually, if you go back and watch, if you can dig out some of your old VHS tapes, there used to be some sing-along videos that um, me, my kids, me, who am I kidding? I used to love watching, Not that, and I would sing along when nobody else was watching, and they actually had, they used that ship as a backdrop when uh, Peter Pan and Captain Hook were battling pirates, and if you look really closely, you can see the, uh, the pavilion. Actually, it was before they built sort of the clamshell. Originally, the American Adventure um, outdoor a stage area did not have a uh, sort of that clamshell over the amphitheater. It was wide open, um, which was probably awesome in the summertime. But um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you if you go if you go back and watch the American Adventure, hmm. Golden Dreams is the um, Randy Brighton Bob Moline song from the finale. I don't remember that. So when you go to World Showcase, do you go to the Canada Pavilion? And you're like, eh, I live it. I don't need to see it. We do. You, you have to, right? Because you're visiting your home away from home, away from home, right? So we always go and we check out name tags and we talk to people and, you know, we ask them how long they've been there and where they're from and things like that. And the coolest was a couple of years ago, we actually went in to go and see the movie because I hadn't seen the updated movie. So we went in to see the movie and the cast member who was you know, getting people to come in and, and, you know, sit and wait. She was from Burlington. She was from my hometown. No kidding. And she actually went to the same high school as my husband, but not in the same year. Huh. So it was very small world. And I was going to say, this is such an easy small world joke yep, right there. Absolutely. And, and it was, but it was totally cool because how many times have we been to the Canada Pavilion and how many times have we said, where are you from? Where are you from? Oh yeah, we've been there before, but never had we actually met someone who was from our town. So it was, it was very cool. Nice. 
Nice, nice. And do you love, uh, is, is, does Martin Short, just is he the perfect representative of Canada or should have they gone with Eugene <laughs> Levy or something instead? Well, the thing about Martin Short is that he is sort of your stereotypical goofy Canadian, right? And there are lots of us who are very much like Martin Short and, and um, you know, we are goofy, we're silly, we're funny. But I'm glad that they chose him because he does a lot of charitable work um, in Canada and, and in the United States as well. Um, so he has a very positive reputation. So when people think about Martin Short, they don't think, oh, remember that scandal, that issue, whatever. Um, there's there's always positive positivity connected with him. And, and I think that that's important. Nice. It's good. That's really nice to know too. I love. I, I was a. Um, I mean, it, not that I have a list. Maybe I do have a list of my favorite Canadians, which <laughs> probably I shouldn't. But like, I love John Candy. I, mm-hmm. I loved. I cried when John Candy yeah. died. Yeah, that was a loss for for everybody. I when John Candy died. So. Yep, Uncle Buck. <laughs> love me some Uncle Buck. All right, <laughs> completely distracted, but moving on. Um, Question number 11. You are 10 for 10. <laughs> sure. Come on, nobody's keeping count. All right. Fact or fiction? Soundstage 12 at Disney's Hollywood Studios is home to Star Tours. Soundstage 12. I haven't been on Star Tours in a long time. And I haven't actually looked up at the building. I'll go with... You're going to correct me, I'm sure. I'll go with fiction. <laughs> fiction is clearly <laughs> Canadian for fact. <laughs> I figured there had to be some connection between 12 and Star Wars, and I couldn't think of any. Nah, so. you, just, you know, look, you got a 50-50 chance. So. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, stage, Soundstage 12, you know, obviously, we're, we're meant to be sort of uh, peeking behind the curtains on sort of a real working Hollywood, uh, uh, you know, um, Hollywood sort of movie lot. Soundstage 12 is actually home to Star Tours. And how you can find out and how you can look, um, if you look very carefully on some of the buildings, you'll see like stage one located kind of in between where uh, Toy Story Midway Mania is and Mm -hmm. uh, the Backlot Tour. Some of the buildings have the actual soundstage numbers on them. And if right. you look very carefully, you'll actually find Soundstage 12 is home to Star Tours. When, now, where's the last time you've been on Star Tours? When was the last time I was on Star Tours? Uh, prob- oh, it was for my 40th birthday. So it was last March. So a year ago, March. You mean in a couple of years when you turn 40. You're celebrating the <laughs> second anniversary of your 20th birthday. You, come on, exactly. Nancy, you got to get this there right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's been a little while. But, but we had to go, right? Because the boys are big Star Wars fans. Um, but it, it's the, the 3D that really sets me off. So um, I went for the experience and then I, you know, had a snack afterwards. That I know. That's nice. <laughs> Actually, I hung out by the WDW radio sign, right? <laughs> which is just around the corner. Which, I, you know, <laughs> if they ever get rid of that building, and I have to believe they will, it's like... I would really like that. What else are they going to do? Who else is going to use I know. that sign with me? Yep. The box people, we need to petition to make sure that that gets to you. I need to just like have a, an informal one-person sit-in and just sit there as they tear it down. So 
We'll just keep checking eBay or somewhere. <laughs> It'll show up, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, let's hop on back to uh, let's hop on back to Epcot Center and to the aforementioned. I don't know why I'm, I'm hanging out at the American Adventure Pavilion because tell me, fact or fiction? Mark Twain can be seen floating on a raft in one of the scenes in audio animatronic form in the American Adventure. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I know you see now you go to visit Canada every time. Do you just blow by and like, ah, America, that's Canada of the South. I don't need to go there. No, we eat there. <laughs> we do the really important part, Lou. We get the turkey leg. We get the popcorn. We get the funnel cake. I, I, I don't know because I, I've never seen the show. <gasps> Stop it. I... There's, there's my, my WDW radio confession. All right, so next time you come to Walt Disney World, not only are we going to snack together, but you and I, hand in hand, arm in arm, with, well, we need to finish our snacks first. We are going to walk in and we are going to experience the American adventure together, and you will watch Lou Mangiello cry in the, fam- in the final scene. Okay, and I will see Mark Twain floating by on a raft because it's fact? No. <laughs> I almost forgot about the question. No, you will see Frederick Douglass floating on a raft in the American Adventure. You will see Mark Twain multiple times throughout, along with his buddy Benjamin Franklin. But um, Not after, yeah, after the uh, American Revolution scene, uh, it turns to sort of the, the, the discussion of slavery and Civil War times, and you'll see Frederick Douglass on a raft traveling along the Mississippi, and he's talking about Uncle Tom's Cabin and anti-slavery and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we will, we'll see what I mean when we go in person on your next visit. So okay. uh, that was, that was fiction, but you're still 12 for 12. <laughs> it's like little league in here. Everybody, everybody, everybody's a winner. <laughs> so this is all meant to be in fun. So there are, no, oh, there sure. are no losers here, especially when you come from the land of poutine. So yes. Well, and who can go wrong with, French fries, gravy, and cheese. You well, cheese curds. Be, you right? better believe. When done right, it's cheese yes. curds, right? Not yes. just cheese. I've seen. I've seen some really bad poutine. I mean, I've, I've eaten it, but I've seen some really bad poutine. <laughs> so, all right. Question uh, lucky number thirteen. Okay. The original backstage studio tour at the Disney MGM Studios mm-hmm. was a two-hour-long attraction. Fact or fiction? Two hours. I do remember it being long. I don't remember it being two hours. Fiction. I'm sorry. I, I, I did misunderstand. <laughs> oh, Lou. <laughs> so I, it was, I was chewing. What's wrong with the connection I here? I was still there? finishing my cucumbers. <laughs> Fact, really? Yes, it was it two it was two hours long like kids if you need to go potty like go before you get started it really was two hours long because it was a sort of a two-part kind of really adventure right there was a um, a shuttle that you took and where you learned all about show business you saw costuming and see mm-hmm. the scenic shop and residential street which I'm sure um, if you watch TVs in the 70s and 80s you would recognize some of those and you'd go to catastrophe Canyon right. New York Street all those the sound stages and then you would actually go and to um, uh, the Walt Disney Theater, and there was a, a walking part of the tour as well. So you you did the um, you did the, the ride along part, and then you did the walking part uh, as the second half. 
Well, apparently I, I missed that when it was two hours long. It might have been during the years that I wasn't going to the world. This was very early on. So remember when it first opened, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot happening. at the studio. There wasn't a lot to see. Um, and obviously the... Um, the, the current version of the, the tour closed uh, just a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. uh, some pretty exciting things that are uh, coming. So, Right. So you can no longer see the Golden Girls house or Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but there are lots of other excellent things coming our way. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. It is still a uh, it is still a very good time to be at Disney. Although I, I will tell you, I did miss the studio tour because I loved when the studios opened the fact that it was a real working studio, right? You didn't have to go to California to see it. So there was a chance you'd see something filming there. There was actually a chance. I mean, they had the celebrity of the day. So there was a chance you'd actually see a, um, uh, you know, a celebrity walking around there. And I like the fact that you sort of took this Hollywood tram tour and then you got sort of this, and I think it was actually called the Inside the Magic Tour, was sort of the, the walking part of the attraction where you saw some of the different sound stages. And sometimes mm-hmm. you might have seen them filming um, the Mickey Mouse Club or, or whatever it was that they were actually filming on the lot that day. Wow. No, I don't remember that. That would have been cool, though. I do remember going through and seeing them work in costuming, and there would be someone who came up to the window and they would you know, talk to you a little bit about what they were working on, what costumes they were, were doing for whatever show or movie. So I, I do remember bits and pieces of it, but I don't remember it being two hours. Yeah. If you were lucky, you could have actually watched them film like Mortal Kombat, like, <laughs> like a, a TV show that lasted for like one season. And the uh, the walking part of the tour closed, I believe, in 2001, late 2000, early mm-hmm. 2001, somewhere around there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do kind of miss it. I do miss... Um, especially I loved sort of the Boneyard and a lot of the different attraction vehicles, uh, sort of the, the, yeah. the movie props and vehicles, like the mm-hmm. Dickmobile and some of the things you could see out there. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let us move over to, I'm not going to tell you where we're moving to because that's part of the question. So, okay. <laughs> uh, fact or fiction, the dimensional duplicator could be found in the dinosaur attraction. Dimensional duplicator. Well, again, it's been a while since I've been on Dinosaur. Dimensional duplicator. Hmm. That should really ring a bell for me, shouldn't it? It could have in the past. <laughs> and there's the hint. So and I don't mean the- I don't mean the like the you know Jurassic past I mean in like a more recent past so we'll go with fact it's not it's not the Jurassic period or any of those other ASIC periods so do you want to just you, in case you want to just rethink your answer you can you don't have to lock it in just yet <laughs> so I'll change to fiction then. god you're so good at this <laughs> So then where was it? It was in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh. Uh, so, well, did... so if you remember, when you go, you're going to 
the award ceremony at the old Imagination Institute, and Wayne right. Zielinski is about to get his Inventor of the Year award, but right. something goes horribly wrong because it's a Disney attraction, and that's what happens. And Absolutely. while he's showing off his shrinking machine and dimensional duplicator... Ah, uh, there it is. There okay. you go. Everything goes awry, and next thing you know, you're shrunk to Lou Mangello size. <laughs> you're not supposed to laugh at that part. I'm not laughing at that part. I'm laughing at, I'm totally enjoying myself because I love spending time with you. And I'm thinking about all the people who are listening to this podcast saying, Nancy, how could you get that wrong? Because that's, that's what we do when we listen and we hear these questions and we hear the people giving the answers. And, you know, when you're watching a game show and you're just screaming at the television, people are in their cars right now saying, oh, my goodness, Nancy, you got another one wrong. Come on. You have to know this. So I'm apologizing to all the box people out there, to all your all the listeners who who are unfortunately screaming at me right now. <laughs> no, no, no. There is uh, there, there's no need no need to apologize. Although Gene Rayburn is rolling over in his grave that I'm giving you all the answers, but that's all right. I love me some Gene Rayburn. Anyway, all right. Question number fifteen. You are fourteen for fourteen. You are killing this today. Um, <laughs> Another attraction that you probably have not seen, Circle of Life, an environmental fable, currently plays in the Land Pavilion. That's not the question. The show it replaced was known as The Good Harvest, fact or fiction. So Circle of Life, an environmental fable, replaced a show known as The Good Harvest, fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. I think I'm going to go with fiction on that one, Lou. Wow. Um, Again, Gene Rayburn, we're we're ringing the buzzer. So uh, the current film uh, is The Circle of Life, where you have sort of characters like Timon and Pumbaa and someone from The Lion King telling its story. That actually replaced a film known as Symbiosis, which, like, if if it doesn't scream 80s, that screams 80s. That ran from 82 (laughs) to about uh, early 1995. Uh, once the when the pavilion changed sponsors, they, they used some of the shots from Symbiosis in Circle of Life, but it's a much less serious, much more sort of uh, fun and frolicking adventure with Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba in order to get the same message across. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the message is. It has something to do with cucumbers, I think, but... <laughs> All right, we're going to hop on over to the opposite side of Future World, and I'm going to ask you fact or fiction. Mission Space is sponsored by AT&T, which is what we call the American Telephone and Telegraph Company here in the I actually knew that one. (laughs) Sponsored by AT&T, that would have to be fiction. It is fiction. Do you know who they're sponsored by? Is it not NASA? It is not NASA. Very good. Congratulations. It is not NASA. Uh, Originally, it was sponsored by Compaq. There's a blast from the past. Um, Oh, right. But Hewlett Packard, once they acquired Compaq for like $8 in in the early 2000s, (laughs) assumed the sponsorship. So it is currently sponsored by Hewlett Packard. Hmm. Okay. All right. Here's a bonus. I'm going to give you a a secondary bonus question uh, because the pavilion. Like a lot of the others in Epcot and some other places uh, around the parks, actually features a VIP lounge for their employees. Fact or fiction, the VIP lounge is known as the Mars Room. Well, I'm not a VIP. 
you're listen, you're a VIP to me, Nancy. So, <laughs> well, I'm certainly not a VIP at Mission Space. Uh, the Mars room. Sure. We'll go with fact. Well, you know what? That was actually, I sort of pulled this one, like I made it up on, I'm going to give it to you anyway. It, it technically is known as the Red Planet Room, but the Red oh. Planet is Mars, so you would have it gotten is. it right no matter what you would have said. Because <laughs> that's how I roll. Because that's how we roll. All right, okay. 17 out of 17. Here we go. Question number 18. Over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, where mm-hmm. if you go in the summer, it's Animal Kingdom hot. When Love Pang- it. When the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail first opened... It was known as the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. Fact or fiction? I'll go with fact because they are really what a lot of people go to see, and they're fantastic. It is a fact. It was originally known as the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, uh, Mm -hmm. but not long after the park, I mean, literally within months after the parks opened, they renamed it to Pangani Forest. They add a little bit more story in terms of Mm -hmm. depth of story to it. And I think they really wanted to get away from it just being... Uh, all about gorillas because there were so many different animals that they could actually find along the trail. And I, I, it is actually one of the things that I love going to do is take a sort of a, a leisurely stroll on the trail. And stop and talk to those cast members who know so much about those animals. I really thought you were going to say stop and talk to the gorillas. And I would have had to have no. gone with you on the attraction just to see that in action. <laughs> No, but those those cast members on on that trail, there there's very little they don't know. They um, they love what they do, just like all Disney cast members. But um, the time that they've spent with with our kids as we walk through, just to answer all of the kid questions that they had, and you know all of our questions as well, they really know their stuff and and clearly have a love for for what they do there. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, again, it's. It's entertainment with a little bit of education thrown in. Like, you're having so much fun, the kids don't realize that they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 know. Love, I love the cast members and how much they know and how excited and willing they are to share it with guests mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? If people are thinking about taking their kids on vacation and then their teachers ask what kind of educational value is there in your trip, well, we're going to Disney. There you go. I listen. I There's was... I was, you know, uh, I got a lot. I, I think you can learn a lot more, not more. I don't want, you're a teacher. I don't want you to get mad at me for saying this. But I think <laughs> we can, as kids, I learn so much by traveling with my parents. Sometimes you learn in just yep. a different way um, in, in the sure. real world as opposed to learning in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, people are learning in so many different ways. And, you know, we have kids who, you know, can't sit and read out of a textbook or focus on somebody talking for, you know, half an hour or whatever, but whatever the lesson is, but immerse them in the history of so many different countries as you go through World Showcase. And, you know, walking on the Forest Trail at at Animal Kingdom, there's so many different subject areas that you can cover, and then go and buy a snack. Here's some math. Here's some money. How much change you're going to get? You know, everything that that you can do in the Disney parks is is all about education. If if that's the spin you want to put on it, so um, you know, I I've seen a lot of people asking about you know what can we do that's an educational field trip. Go to Disney. There's so much to see and and learn. And you know, you're asking about us talking to the people in in Canada. Well, you can go, and as you go around World Showcase, you go and you learn a little bit about each of those different cultures and how to say your name or how to write your name in in those different languages. Yeah, I'm a teacher, and all I can do is tell you just go to Disney. 
Everybody like go to Disney. I like that. And kids, <laughs> go tell your mom and dad, like, hey, um, Miss Nancy said we're supposed to go to Disney to learn, so... <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> I agree. Look, look. I think that there are, are a, there's a wealth of educational opportunities. Um, okay. I think I I think I did a show a top ten educational opportunities in Walt Disney World, and I, I probably could have if if I didn't on the show could have mentioned fifty of them because there are so many there. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is That's just a true. good excuse to go to Disney. So all right, <laughs> um, you have two questions left. I, I'm I'm feeling a perfect score coming. I, I just I don't know why. <laughs> Call it a hunch. Broom chick. Here you go. Question number 19. Back in 1993, and you won't remember that. You were only about seven at that time. But the America Gardens Amphitheater at the pavilion that you walk right by, known as the American Adventure Pavilion, was uh, remodeled for a show, a new show, based on the TV series Star Search. Fact or fiction? So did they... Did they Remodeled the American Adventure Pavilion in 1993 to uh, create a, a show, an attraction based on the TV series Star Search. I do remember Star Search. We did have that in Canada. Um, <laughs> but would they have remodeled it just for that? I know I'm, you know, I don't want to break my perfect score here, Lou, <laughs> but I think I'll go with fiction. You are right once again. <laughs> you are as smart as you are Canadian because it was actually not Star Search, but you would think, look, come on, man, that's such an easy question. They would no way remodel it for Star Search. What if I told you, fact or fiction, that they remodeled it based on a show on Barbie? Really? I kid you not. Barbie. Barbie. So back in 1994... <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I couldn't make this up. Barbie, I know. Now, just, now let's think for a second. Before you laugh at this, remember, we talked earlier about how Mattel was a sponsor right. for some pavilions. You got to right. get a little synergy in there. So Barbie became known as the ambassador of friendship in Epcot back in 1994. So what they decided was because Barbie represented so many different cultures in sort of Action, I call action figure format throughout the years. Um, they created a show that was based around her. And actually, you could have bought a videotape. You're too young to remember these. They were actually these things. You, they're like giant cassettes you put into a big box and you had to rewind, be kind, rewind. And was it you Betamax? Could, it, was, it was VHS tapes. Did you, oh, you guys probably didn't have those in Canada. Whatever. Um, you could buy the video for a penny. Right? So if you bought a special Barbie doll, you could buy okay. the video for a penny. And they had a show at the America Gardens Theater called The Magical World of Barbie. And imagine me saying that in my cool 80s voice with 80s music behind me. And 80s hair. Of, of course. And my Cavaricis <laughs> and my, my Michael Jackson thriller jacket. Not saying that I actually owned one, but maybe I did. Um, <laughs> so they, um, they used uh, – they actually brought – uh, Barbie in in this giant pink stretch limousine, right? Nice. It was known as Mickey's Limousine. They actually created for Mickey. Oh, listen, you think I'm making this up? I swear. No, this is true. I know you're not. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It has to be true. So they they made this uh, special. Not a stretch, a super stretch limousine for Mickey Mouse for his 60th birthday. They had it sitting backstage. They painted it metallic pink and put all kinds of Barbie memorabilia inside 
And then Barbie and Ken would come in on the limo and they would pose for pictures and they would do like this whole hip hop dance routine with her friends from around. That sounds totally <laughs> awesome. Dude. Right. So they have like a fashion show and an Australian safari. And then at the end, they released. <laughs> come on. Is this serious? They released. I'm, I'm picturing it. <laughs> they released doves like live doves. And then fireworks, because what's the best combination is doves and a little bit of and, fireworks. And so. fireworks close by. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I wouldn't call it target practice, but, you know, <laughs> that didn't, uh, it didn't last long. So, yes, there really was the magical world of Barbie show back in the mid-90s, because when else would the magical world of Barbie show ever actually play? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Only at Disney. Only at Disney. <laughs> Listen, we won't even get into the Daredevil Circus Spectacular, so that's all right. That's uh, We'll come back to that another day. All right, so you, I believe right now you are 19 for 19. Let's make it 20 questions for sure. just for okay. giggles. <laughs> Last question. And make it has, a good one. It's got to be food-related, of course. Okay. Fact or fiction. At one time, you could have a character breakfast in Walt Disney World with Melvin the Moose. With Melvin the Moose? Melvin the Moose. Lou, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> like, now just think about how ridiculous my description of the Barbie show was. Could there yes. even possibly be a, uh, a show based on Melvin the Moose? Well, we've all seen pictures of the castle as a pink cake. So we know that everything, anything is possible in Disney World, right? <laughs> <laughs> Melvin the Moose. Well, it would have had to have been at Wilderness Lodge. Close. It, uh, it was at Fort Wilderness. So it you've got wilderness, wilderness in the right. You've got wilderness in this in the in the title. Okay. So strangely, I'll go with fact then. You are correct, <laughs> my favorite Canadian. <laughs> so. Back in the mid '80s, I think probably '80, oh, maybe I think it was it was only ran for like a year, like '85 to '86 or '86 to '87. Melvin the Moose from Country Bear Jamboree fame actually right. had a breakfast show at Fort Wilderness's Pioneer Hall, where the hoop to do is. Yes, so <laughs> it was a. You know, a little bit of character meet and greet, a little bit of country bear. And look, what every parent wants when they're just trying to get up and get rolling and it caffeinated in the morning. You know what they gave out to every single kid who came to that breakfast show? I'm afraid to ask. A kazoo. <laughs> Fantastic. That's right? what you want. That's what you want for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's what you want. Not only do you want it at like 7:54 in the morning when you can get your right. reservation, but when you're sitting in the car or on the plane ride home and the kids mm -hmm. are kazooing their faces off. There you go. <laughs> right? Nothing's going to make you more popular on the bus than your kid with the kazoo. Yeah, and all the other kids want to know where you got it from. <laughs> So everybody else has to go and get their kazoo some other day. So it was in Pioneer Hall where Hoop Pioneer Hall, is right. now. And so Melvin was um, up on the wall behind the curtain and there were live actors um, and actresses up there sort of 
joining in with with you know this giant stuffed wall mounted head on the wall um chip and dale uh came in as well and they were dancing and singing and in their little cowboy garb um, mm-hmm. i have to see i've gosh I, I don't think i've actually i now have to see i don't think i have a kazoo I was just going to ask, do you still have your kazoo? I don't, but now the quest begins. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually, I've recently obtained my holy grail of collectibles, which was a Madame Lafitte's perfumery bottle from Liberty Square. Right. Now I've got to find yeah. the Melvin the Moose Breakfast Show Fort Wilderness kazoo, which was like bright yellow and red and yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, the things that I have learned listening to all of these questions today, I, I still think that there are people who are picturing that that Barbie show. And you might even get some listeners who are going to post in the comments that they found their VHS tape. I'm sure somebody has it <laughs> along with their with their country morning jamboree show starring <laughs> Melvin the Moose. <laughs> That was, that was ten bucks. That was like ten bucks well spent right there. Because I think that's what it was. Like breakfast was like ten dollars. Well, back in the eighties, it was course. right. It was eighty six. So, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, then I like I said, it only ran for like a year, and then I think I think Melvin retired. Like he did his one year stint. He was out. He was done. And then it just became the Chippendale country jamboree morning magical show or something country, Without chippendale's country morning jamboree <laughs> with the coffees but without the kazoos correct this time. and look okay. i love me some trails end but give yes. me a kazoo and chippendale and a cup of joe and that <laughs> is a party my friends that sounds awesome <laughs> Do they give out kazoos at uh, Mickey's Backyard Barbecue now then? I don't know. I don't think you can get kazoos anymore because the number of parents that probably went insane uh, <laughs> generated a, enough of a mailing campaign. They're like, you know what? Maybe we should ditch the kazoos. Maybe not the best thing. Should we give out drums? Drums or kazoos? What should we hand out to the parents? Just to... No, we want them to come back? All right. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you scored a perfect... 20 out of 20, which in Canadian is 17.5 out of 17.5. So bravo bravo for you, Nancy. Um, Thank you very much, Lou. You killed it, and I hope you had fun. And, uh, of course I did. And I hope, uh, and I appreciate, seriously, I really do appreciate um, not just the, the fact that you're part of the nation, but the, the kindness and the friendship and the time that you have extended to me over the years. Um, it really does mean a lot. And I look forward not just to seeing you again on your next visit to Walt Disney World, but we're going to eat something. I'm going to yes. bring a kazoo and we're going to go to the American Adventure together. For the first time, yes. <laughs> Well, thank you, Lou. You know that uh, we all appreciate all the things that you do for us. And when I was telling a couple of friends of mine what I was going to be doing with my Sunday evening, uh, I was explaining about what you do as far as building the community and giving us the opportunity to find those like-minded people. And you are our glue. You keep us together. You you bring us together. And you have really connected so many people who have this love of Disney, but but as we were saying before, this love of the memories that we create. And it's not just about the attractions, and I'm sorry, Lou, but it's not just about the food. <laughs> um, 
but it, it is because of you. You have drawn so many people into you and your community because of who you are. So we thank you. And I know I speak for so many people when I say thank you for what you do. You, you give us the opportunity. You give us a voice and you give us this time on uh, your podcast and time on Wednesday nights in the box. And you're spontaneous. All of a sudden, I'm live walking in Disney Springs or, you know, join me tonight. And you end up in Tomorrowland and you show us the fireworks and, and you really keep for those of us who can't be there all the time you really keep that that disney joy in us going so thank you so much for all that you do we really do appreciate it that was like the nicest sweetest thing anybody has ever you like that like like the american adventure and the magical world of barbie you're gonna make me cry <laughs> well but it's all true lou it, it really is and and when i talk about you know i wear my box people shirt to school and i get some kids who say well that's not a disney shirt and i tell them how much it really is uh, just thank you. It, and it's funny, you know, it, it seems a, a simple couple of words to say, but you bring such joy to us and, and you bring us together. And it, it is so important that, you know, we've got social media to, to stay connected. But what I was also saying to uh, a friend of mine about um, who you are, I said, well, well I'm going to be talking with one of my friends. Oh, well, how long have you known him? Well, I've known him for about eight years. And even though we've only met a few times for your hug and your handshake, it does mean so much. And we really have been friends since we met back in 2008. And, and the way that you reach out to people and you really are the genuine article. You make friends with so many people, whether it's virtually or, or in person. And, and when you watch the videos of the meet of the month and you see people coming to meet you for the very first time, you have met before, but it's just the first time in person. So we're just, we're so lucky to have you as the glue that keeps us all together. Well, I, I thank you so much. I am, uh, I am incredibly humbled and, and grateful um, by that. And for you and for everybody else who makes this community possible, um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without you. So uh, I have nothing, I can't, I, you should have just dropped the mic and walked off the Canadian stage right there because that was incredibly awesome. Um, and I cannot wait to see you again. And uh, if you, listener, want a chance to play Factor Fiction and maybe want to be part of the nation, you can visit www.radionation.com. Nancy, thank you so much. I'm going to give you an extra big, long, uncomfortable hug the next time I see you in Walt Disney World. Fantastic. Looking forward to it, Lou. Thank you so much. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear, maybe even in what you taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question was pretty straightforward and there was actually a hint to the answer in the question itself because I asked you, where in Walt Disney World... Could you once be introduced to Nigel, Diane, and Wayne? And again, the hint was introduced as in it is now an extinct attraction. And the answer, which again, hundreds of you entered and got this one correct, is Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. So you know that Wayne is Professor Wayne Zielinski, Diane is his wife, and Nigel is Dr. Nigel Channing, played by Eric Idle. And took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, you were playing for 102 ways to save money for not Walt Disney World book 
all seven of my virtual audio tours of the park, which you can find at the shop at www.radio.com, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and some WW Radio stickers. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Anne McCormick. So, Anne, congratulations. Send me your address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, I appreciate you playing, but don't worry, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this week's question is, again, pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but you're going to have to put on your thinking caps a little bit, because it might be a little tricky. Lou, you're giving away too much as it is. So, tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find... The Tip Top Club. That's it. Where in Walt Disney World can you have? Can you find the Tip Top Club? You have until Sunday, June nineteenth at eleven fifty nine p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com or better yet, go to this week's podcast at www.radio.com and you can use the online entry form right there. This week, you're playing for not just the hundred and two ways book, all seven of the audio tours, a Magic Band cover. WW Radio stickers, but I'm going to give you a special, a very special extra prize. I'm going to give you a Club 33 pin from Club 33 in Disneyland, where I was just at a couple of weeks ago. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely appreciate you and your time, which I understand is your most valuable commodity. Want to give some quick thanks to some new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Jordan Lively, David Thorne, Frank Sufo, and Marnie Raimondo. If you want to help the show and get exclusive monthly rewards like scavenger hunts, access to a private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls every month and more. Visit www.radio.com slash support. Also, don't forget that in addition to the podcast, I invite you to please join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live over on Facebook. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Mangello. Also, be sure and turn on your notifications because I do a lot of live broadcasts both from the park and as I travel. Again, it's facebook.com slash Lumangelo. And if you want to follow me on any of the other social like Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, I am at Lumangelo there as well. If you have a question you want answered on the show, email me at lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Of course, if you've heard the show before, you know that I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that's why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. And as I travel, the next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, June 25th. That's going to be over in Epcot Center at the Sunshine Seasons Food Fair from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I like it there because there's food, there's drinks, restrooms, food, and most importantly, air conditioning because it's June in Florida. Also, check out the events page uh, for more information about some upcoming WW Radio Group Cruises. Our e-ticket adventure is this November. There's still time and room to join us from New York City on the Disney Magic to Puerto Rico. We're going to have events before we cruise, after we get to Puerto Rico, and of course, next year, June 25th through 30th, is going to be our five-night Castaway Key Double Dip Cruise on the Disney Dream. Again, visit the events page to find out more and get a free, no-obligation quote. And 
Please join and be part of the WW Radio running team. Speaking of events in person, we participate in all the Run Disney events, both in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Whether you want to run, walk, walk, jog, or join me on the sidelines and just cheer, you can visit www.radio.com slash running. And I'll also do other meetups, not in Walt Disney World, but on the road as I speak to conferences and schools. And if I can maybe help you by speaking at your conference or to your school or helping you turn your passion into your profession and doing what you love each and every day, please visit LouMangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team over at MouseFanTravel.com. It's who I recommend, but it's because it's who I've used for 10 years. They'll give you a free, no-obligation quote whether you're going to World, Land, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, or anywhere on planet Earth. Again, they're over at MouseFanTravel.com. And little Timmy Foster will send you Celebrations Magazine if you go and visit CelebrationsPress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let your friends know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links over on Facebook. All those are super helpful. And please take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall among the half million iTunes podcasts because of you. I want to thank some recent reviewers, uh, including It's Me, K House, who said, WW Radio has quickly turned into my personal theme music. I listen constantly and I'm aiming to get through all 400 and whatever shows because it's just that phenomenal. Okapi from the United Kingdom and Sydney Sue from the United States. If you want to rate and review the show, you can visit wdwradio.com uh, slash iTunes for instructions and a link or just search for WW Radio in iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, my most sincere thanks to you for taking the time to listen, to share, for the love and the friendship that you continue to extend me. Um, I love what I do because of you, and I am grateful to and for you. And I want you to start taking steps to do whatever it is that you want to do, something that's going to make you happy every single day, right? Because we know that life is too short. And look, if you're trying to figure out where to start, there is no better place to start than where you are right now. All you have to do is just get up and get started down the road that's going to take you wherever it is that you want to go. And if I can help you some way, by all means, please let me know. So thank you once again for tuning in this and every week. Um, I look forward to the continuing adventure that is ahead for us all. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Louis, Mike Crane calling from Minnesota. Just wanted to drop a quick call to say thank you for the meeting at the Mall of America. Had a good time. Just wanted all the listeners to know how cordial you were to everybody. Stood in signed autographs for well over an hour kind to everybody and it was a nice time thanks again Lou really enjoyed it I know hi Lou my name is Colleen Jew and I'm calling from Toontown at Disneyland and I just want to let you know that uh, listening to your podcast kind of inspired me to try going to the park by myself so this is actually the first time that I'm at the park by myself and I'm actually loving it I'm currently watching kids push random buttons and open doors at Toontown and it's just so much fun. So I just want to say thanks for inspiring me to go out and go on my own adventure. Thanks, and have a great day. And thanks for all your hard work with the podcast. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangello, or Aloha, 
This is Andy Thompson calling from Quinnell, Canada, B.C., or well, British Columbia. Um, I just finished listening to your podcast, for 47, Best Unique Snacks in Disneyland, and i got to say, I love that that episode. It was just amazing. It reminded me of going to Disneyland because I went there in February for the leap year. I also went there for the Easter hunt, and I went there for my birthday. It was like an early birthday gift for me. It was very, very fun. And you said to list something about your favorite snack. Well, my favorite snack, and I don't know if you would if you went there when you went to your trip because I just watched your stuff and it was amazing. I loved your Becky impression. It's so funny. Um, is the Golden Horseshoe um, at in uh, in Fantasyland? Uh, no, sorry, not Fantasy Frontierland. Sorry, I'm thinking other places because I've been there so much. Uh, yeah, the Golden Horseshoe. You, my favorite thing there is. Well, there's so many to choose from, but I have to take the fish, uh, the fish and chips, the chicken strips, and also the ice cream and big cookie at the end. All that just, oh, my mouth is watering from all that. I just love that place. And you get to see a show. It's kind of like the hoop-de-doo kind of thing, like what you'd see in, uh, in Florida at the Fort Wilderness. Um, so that's a great place. If you ever go back to Disneyland, try that place out, the Golden, the Golden Horseshoe. Sorry, I can't say it. I'm just so amazed of all the food that they had there for me. So um, take a chance there, and next time you go there, uh, try to invite Becky there too. <laughs> it's a it's a really funny funny place to sit down and eat and like watch a show, and I I just love it. It's kind of cool, and I hope you go back to Disneyland soon. All right, talk to you later. Aloha. That was my fish impression. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Carrie from McDonough, Georgia. Um, two things. One is what I might be willing to pay to see your high school production of Grease and whatever role it was that you played, which I don't think you mentioned. And two, my pie-in-the-sky idea would be, I, I just thought about it the other night when y'all were doing this, would be that if Disney could invent some way for the fireworks to include an aroma, you know, a controlled aroma, and maybe even a taste in the air, because it seems like you could explode cotton candy into the air somehow and everyone could just taste it. I don't know how sanitary that would be, but if anyone could invent a way to include aroma and taste, it would be Disney. So that is my pie-in-the-sky idea to have that. So... Anyway, uh, have a great week. Hope to see you soon at the park. Bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah.